Hey everyone, this is Andrew Johnson. And this is Jake Reiner. And you're listening to No Contest, a Noal Studio podcast. A series of conversations with placemakers on the stuff that makes us human and the stuff that humans make. Hey everyone, today we're lucky to be joined on No Contest by Calvin Cooper, co-founder and CEO of Rove, a fintech company founded to empower everyone to invest and own real estate. Prior to Rove, Cooper was a venture capitalist investing in fintech, blockchain, prop tech, and smart city technology companies. He served on the NASDAQ Entrepreneurial Center Advisory Board and previously taught entrepreneurship as an adjunct professor at The Ohio State University. Cooper grew up in Columbus and graduated from Capital University with a bachelor's degree in financial economics. In 2017, the Columbus City Council and the Create Columbus Commission recognized Calvin with the Visionary Award. He was listed in the 40 under 40 class of 2017 by Columbus Business First, and Cooper is a 2021 participant of the Young American Leaders Program at the Harvard Business School. Calvin, welcome. Thank you for being on the podcast. Yeah, thanks. I appreciate it. That is a hell of a Yeah, that was a long friend. list. <laughs> Sounds good on paper, right? <laughs> yeah, for sure. Uh, so we heard a lot of Columbus there. You're your first guest from Columbus. I've never been. Um, and ahead of this episode, I called some friends, did some research, and I was trying to determine if Columbus had a had a nickname. My friends say C-Bus. Is that true or, or no? <laughs> I guess some people say it. Um, but like, I, I love this city. It's really a special moment. And so if you haven't been, you have to come out. Um, so many people still think Columbus is flyover country, but there's something really cool here. More and more, um, I'm like at a conference in Vegas and people are asking me, what is going on in Columbus with companies going public and all that activity? It's, it's kind of crazy. That's awesome. Yeah, we have a trip planned, so hopefully we get there. Um, so what, as someone who's you know born and raised in Columbus, you probably know all the great local folklore, everything everything that, that we don't know. What's something about Columbus that we may not know? Columbus is about to be the next big thing in technology startups. Like, I, I mean, I, I can't say it uh, enough. It's really underrated. And um, this is one of those special moments in time where all the ingredients and special characters are coming together to do really important work, whether that's in robotics or fintech or insurtech, or it's just insane. So I'd say if you haven't been to Columbus, get on a plane, come here, um, or you're really missing out. It's on, it's on our list. We'll, we'll get there. We promise, Calvin. Um, so let's let's dive into Rove. Tell us about uh, tell us about the business. So Rove, it's, it's really simple. We believe everyone in the world should be able to invest in and own the places we live, work, and play. I mean, what's more important than real estate? Uh, this is where we uh, build our lives, where we build our families. And more and more um, often, people are being left out of ownership in our communities. And so that's the problem we're solving. Really, it's enabling anyone to download an app, invest as little as a dollar, and invest in the places we love, the places we are connected to. That's awesome. Oh, that's great. And and how did you get to Rove today? Like, what what's the Rove backstory? And I guess how did you get into this space? Yeah. So I, I made the mistake of calculating how much rent I spent in the past ten years. And if you haven't done it, I encourage you to do it. It'll really piss you off. Uh, but it, it encouraged me to like quit my job. And so it, it's crazy. The average millennial is going to spend two hundred thousand dollars or more in lifetime rent. Gen Z is going to spend a lot more. 
and we have zero dollars in net real estate wealth. Um, and the the big secret is, and I posted a, a article on Forbes about this, um, is that the rent to income ratio in Columbus, Ohio, is the same as it is in San Francisco. Uh, hmm. Companies just pay you less if you live in um, uh, a secondary market. They adjust your pay for um, cost of living. And what that does for a young person who just needs a studio or one bedroom is that if you live in a city like Columbus, um, yeah, you might have newer appliances and finishes, a little bit, a little bit more room, but for the most part, you're not really getting ahead and being able to own uh, real estate things, the cornerstone of wealth creation in this country. And so um, this problem was one that I was experiencing. I didn't want to buy a condo um, downtown. It, it actually is starting to be priced out for a lot of people, even in a city like Columbus, to buy a condo and live in the neighborhood you want to. Sure, you could drive 30, 45 minutes into the city and buy a house outside of the city. That's a little easier here, but I don't want to do that. And I'm not under the illusion that buying a home is always going to work out. My mom lost her home in the last recession. My grandma was still under underwater. So I'm like, why take a leverage bet on like all of your, your wealth that you've accumulated in your 20s? Just take all your cash and leverage it and put it in one asset and then move into it. That just sounds crazy to me. Like, why isn't there a way that I could own a fractional piece of the apartment building that I live in and do it in the same way that I can buy public equities on Robinhood or buy crypto on Coinbase? Like that didn't exist. And, and so at the time I was a VC and I'm like, okay, that's going to be obvious. We got to do this. I need to find a company to invest in. Uh, one that will make ownership, fractional ownership in real estate really easy and personal, like social, in a way that people are used to um, uh, buying other assets and and connect that to the built world. And I didn't see any companies doing that at the time. It was like 2018. And so um, we started Rove to solve that problem, to make it easy for everyone to own a piece of the places we love. And I didn't want to start a business. I was a venture capitalist. I was enjoying my time there as I was being promoted from an associate to a general partner. So who quits uh, that kind of security <laughs> to start a company with like three months runway? I guess, uh, you know, I'm crazy enough to do that, but I was encouraged to do that by um, uh, Brett Kaufman. He's a major developer in our region. I was just meeting him. I got an introduction from a mutual friend, um, Mike Schott, and I was just meeting Brett to talk about this investment thesis, like so also net real estate wealth, millennials are going to want to buy real estate in this way. Why isn't it happening? And what are the challenges on the developer side? And he just kind of cuts me off five minutes in and says, you should start this business. If you do, I'll invest in it. <laughs> um, and I was like, uh, no, why don't we find somebody else to do that? And I'll get the partners at the firm to invest alongside you. And we'll find a CEO. He's like, nope, if you're not doing it, I'm out because this is your baby. I can tell you're too passionate about it. So I said no. But then, I mean, I slept on it. And uh, we all know how that turned out. I, I yeah. called him back and <laughs> said, okay, let's do this. That's great, man. I, uh, I could have used your advice like five years ago when I was living in an apartment building that I actually really loved and wanted to invest in. 
and then made the fool's decision to buy a house. And uh, looking back, I uh, if this was around, um, I probably would have taken a much uh, different approach to at least investing my my personal uh, investments into something much much greater and hopefully better. Oh yeah, I'm curious. Um, why did you? Why did it um, turn out to be foolish for you? Uh, not foolish in the sense that, um, that the place I bought isn't great. I love where I live, but where I was, I understood that there was a lot of potential, especially in that neighborhood. Um, in the building I was in, it wasn't a large building. It was a three flat, um, which I, I think is probably different than the typical developer on the, the Rove platform. But what I saw was the potential. I knew that if People like, cause mind you, I had lived there for five years. The folks that lived below me were there for seven years. There was a long-term play uh, that all of us could have potentially uh, contributed to. And um, we didn't, we moved, yeah. we bought a house and we moved. It's crazy. So there are, there are smaller properties on that. There's a fourplex that we're about to list. Uh, oh, and so that, so there you go. like, so we, 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 we want people to invest in and own real estate all across the board and especially opportunities like that. And the problem is, you know, what's what's really interesting, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to know how you make money in real estate. All of us pay rent or will pay a mortgage at some point. So the rent collectors are just collecting these checks and then paying them out to investors, right? And you can walk through a city and just see the cranes up or just look and say, okay, value is being created here. I want to be invested. And while it doesn't take a rocket scientist, it takes a millionaire. You have to be an accredited investor which means you have to have a couple hundred thousand dollars in income or a million dollars in net worth um, outside of your home. And so most people, that's just unattainable. And even if you were an accredited investor, you have to have access to that network to be invited to invest in these, these deals. And so, you know, your story is the story of so many people in this country. And that's what we want to change. We want people to be able to own the specific places we we're connected to that we know that we love that we give value to for sure so so calvin let's let's jump into the to the rove brand how like how would you describe rove how did you come up with the name rove what does it mean what does it represent uh so rove it represents uh infinite possibility when it comes to ownership but one of the last slides the last slide in our pitch deck is a quote by John Adams. It's a picture of this old dude, uh, John Adams, and a quote, which is kind of <laughs> weird. Like, why would you have John Adams in your pitch deck, our second president? But the quote, and I'll paraphrase it, is the only possible way of preserving the balance of power on the side of liberty and public virtue is to make land ownership easy to every member of society by dividing it into small quantities so everyone can own real estate. Wow. Love that. Our, in 1776, our second president and constitutional framer, founding father of America, talked about what we're doing right now. Um, and I say that because investing in real estate is so much more than a financial opportunity. It's about community. It's about um, social responsibility. Um, and so many philosophers, because our founding fathers were philosophers first, they just expressed it through politics. Um, so many philosophers from Aristotle to James Harrington have talked about the importance of ownership and specifically land ownership on society. So our brand really represents that. 
that democratization of real estate, but, but because um, it will help us build stronger community ties and a stronger republic. And so it's so important that people own the individual real estate assets that, that we love and that we're connected to. All right, I can just envision the founding fathers sitting down, looking looking like a hundred years plus into the future. They're like, I wonder if any if at any point in our history there'll be three guys sitting on a podcast quoting us talking about mobile applications. Yeah, I have this <laughs> I, I have this great advertisement in my mind of like the founding fathers sitting around a room with a bunch of smartphones investing in real estate. Um, and if you <laughs> at some point you have to do that, and you I can love credit it. us for it. Oh, yeah, let's do it. Absolutely. <laughs> I love that. So, so Calvin, ju- jumping into, um, into, into the app itself. So we know that, you know, almost every startup experiences twists and turns, especially platforms like Rove that are really transformational in archaic industries like real estate. So for you, what direction did you go before you found your direction or at least the Rove direction? Well, so we we launched um, a series of apps over the past three years to really learn um, and first starting with financial solutions for renters, um, because, as you mentioned, this is a big, hairy, meaty uh, market and you've got to change not just real estate, uh, but you're also um, engaging in securities transactions, financial securities, which is also a regulated market. And so we wanted to get to market really quickly. Um, to understand how to build financial solutions, mobile apps that people can easily engage with. Um, and so we, we, we did that first. Uh, we also wanted to learn um, real estate. Uh, none of us came from the real estate space. Brett Kaufman is a co-founder invested and an investor, but he, he opened up his portfolio and his network to really teach us and allow us to experiment and be a first mover, which is so important. But nobody on the, the team came from real estate. And so unlike like real estate crowdfunding platforms, uh, we didn't start from the perspective of real estate private equity and then just happen to have an app. Like We started first from like, how do you build consumer fintech solutions that allow people to own a share or get value from real estate first, right? And then go up market. And so um, this June, we just relaunched everything with all of the lessons learned uh, from both the supply, the owner, the real estate development side and the demand the investor side. We took all of our lessons learned and shipped a new app in June and launched Rove in this way. Um, and so we're, we're really excited about that. But in order to make this opportunity possible, you have to find the best supply, the best real estate um, and then we have to get um, SEC qualifications. So pending that, we'll be um, fully live and, and coming out of beta in the next few weeks. That's great. Congratulations ahead of time. Um, it's it's interesting because Andrew and I have seen so many companies that kind of assume that they had the consumer thing in the bag. Like they, they, they built the development backend or they built the property management backend or whatever you know element of real estate that they're in. And then as an afterthought, they they built the consumer facing uh, side of things or the acquisition customer acquisition funnel or whatever they needed to get people to to download the apps. And those kind of fall short for for the most part. Um, it seems like you guys did it differently. You you knew that the the consumer the consumer was was hard to get 
and uh, you did the work to understand exactly what jobs they needed done, uh, and you launched with the consumer first, and now um, the other side of the marketplace you're building up pretty aggressively. Absolutely. The consumer is the customer. You only have, you can't serve two masters. And so the way we think about it is our customer is the investor. It's the consumer. That's who matters most. And the real estate owners are our suppliers. They matter and they need to get value and be successful to have supply, but they don't matter more than the customers. And so if it's Amazon, the customer is the consumer. And the suppliers are important because you need to have something for the consumer to buy. Um, same thing here. We serve the consumer and a lot of real estate platforms or prop tech companies serve the property owners. That's why they're built the way they are. Um, and they don't serve the consumer first. The consumer is actually their supply to their customer, which is the property owner. And that's why real estate investing hasn't gone mainstream. And, and you know, that aside, many other solutions could be approached, like could take this approach. But from our perspective, our competition isn't like a real estate crowdfunding platform. They actually compete with brokers, in my opinion, or um, other syndicators or real estate private equity itself. But we, we compete with TikTok and Instagram and Reddit and Twitter for investor conversation, because that's where investors and consumers are educating themselves and each other on what to invest in, how to own, what values they have, and how they're going to hop into Coinbase and Robinhood to express those values or execute against their investment thesis. So we, we compete with Coinbase and Robinhood for dollars there. That's why we're approaching it this way. Yeah, it makes it makes a ton of sense. Uh, I really appreciate that perspective. It's definitely a breath of fresh air. Um, I guess to that point, going a little bit further, you know, running a marketplace is is tricky um, because you do have two sides, and obviously you're focusing on the consumer primarily, but um, you do have to make everyone feel at home. Um, how do you do that? How do you, from like a product and and strategy standpoint? think about making the, this uh, amazing place for the consumer where you're competing against the Robin Hoods of the world for their time, energy, and money, um, but then also make this a great place for your supply. Yeah. So um, I was really inspired. Once we talked about the company, I thought it was going to be a lot harder to connect with property owners. But when we announced what we were doing, people from all around the country reached out. Um, there are property owners that um, they, they take making money in real estate. It's kind of like that's table stakes. Um, they're, yes, they want to have a return on investment, but so many of them want to do more than just collect rent. There are more and more people like Brett Kaufman, but in other cities like Ryan Lawless in Denver or Brent Zimmerman up in the Cleveland area, people who view real estate as an extension of their impact and brand and ability to, to make a difference in the world. Um, and so, uh, those are the types of people who reached out to us. Uh, so first, starting there, like the ethos is stakeholder capitalism for many of them. They're the first movers. Um, and they also see where the whole market is going more towards stakeholder capitalism. Capitalism. It's actually going to help them drive a better ROI for everybody in the value chain uh, long term. But in the short term, the barrier to raising capital from the community or with the community are multiple things. It's one, 
um, cost. If you have the ability to raise capital from family offices in your network and high net worth individuals, why would you go and pay a crowdfunding platform five to nine percent to do that? Like you're not going to do it. Two, it's admin. It's like, okay, um, same thing. You you are reputable. You have a great track record. Why are you going to go through the process of uh, filing a Reg CF or Reg A with the SEC regulators? That's a big headache and cost. It's expensive. And then why are you going to um, administrative burden three? So why are you going to um, go through the hassle of sending what are called K-1s for taxes to all these investors on your cap table? It's a big, hairy investor relations challenge. And so if you can solve for those three things, costs, um, so make it free for the suppliers to, to partner with us, two, um, compliance, so Rove, uh, we are the ones seeking qualification. So uh, because of that strategy, uh, we take on more work, uh, but it allows owners to engage with us in a way that doesn't really change their business model. Um, and then three, admin, Rove invests as one investor on their cap table. So for the supply side, it's a no brainer. It's like it's free and I don't have to change anything about my business model. I just have this awesome partner and now I can extend my brand through a mobile interface and raise with Rove from the community. That's that's awesome. It becomes a no brainer. There's no friction now to um, partnering with us and bringing supply uh, to our app. Game changer. Yeah, I I, I can see how thoughtful you, you've been as a team uh, on solving for some of the big hurdles that um, would get someone from the supply side on the platform. Um, that being said, you know, we, we all know collectively that real estate is a, is still a, a very slow moving vehicle and there's a lot of hesitancy for, um, for these big change types of platforms. Um, so with that being said, like what are some of the headwinds that you faced in, in trying to, even with those, those three pillars of your business that reduce friction, what are some of the headwinds that you face in trying to get supply on your platform or trying to get consumers comfortable with this, this world of investing? Yeah. On the supply side, those were the headwinds. I mean, we spent, that's what took us two years to figure out. Uh, so <laughs> we hit our head against the wall and these were the three things that we heard from the market that we were like, all right, we're not going to try to work around that. We hear you and let's just do it. Let's just strip out all those yep. points of friction. And then boom, like once we made that pivot earlier this year, it's been six months. I didn't, I have the first real estate I've uh, purchased. The first real estate transactions I'm doing is through Rove. Like I haven't, I don't own a home or anything else. So to have uh, a pipeline of $50 million worth of equity all across the country on a couple hundred million dollars worth of real estate is pretty extraordinary. And, and in six months to sign three definitive agreements um, 12 LOIs is pretty cool. So like we, we, we solved that problem and then we're starting to sign these deals really quickly. So now we have more deals than we have demand on the, on the platform. Right. Uh, so now we've got to solve that side of things and that's um, iterative. You know, it's a, it's a iterative process to build a, a consumer experience that grows, but we've got in beta, we've already got, about 10,000 people signed up and that's growing 
pretty quickly every week. And we just put the app in the app store um, in June. And so it looks like we're heading in the right direction to, to um, solving that, cha- uh, that opportunity as well, uh, which is attracting enough people to fully subscribe all of these deals that we're starting to do. Yeah. Kudos to you guys. Uh, that's awesome. Um, so, you know, similar, similar theme here. We've noticed that a lot of the groups that, that we work with at Noel studio and that we speak with are already on your platform. We don't, we don't really think that's a coincidence. Uh, we think that's because of who they are, uh, because we take a different approach to design and brand. And we typically partner with very innovative developers. Um, uh, you talked a little bit before as, uh, use the term stakeholder capitalist, um, wondering, how else would you describe the current Rove developer community? Yeah, I think it's really um, community capitalism, and that's that's if I were if I were to have to summarize our brand uh, with two words, it would be community capitalism. And the people who are reaching out to us really sense that there's something more here. Um, even they could just read an article, um, and we'll reach out on LinkedIn or Twitter, and these property owners are stakeholder and community capitalists who are thinking about what they're doing in a deeper way. Um, so it's not just about ROI. And what, what was really interesting with the team and I is um, when people would reach out, like some of the folks that you guys are familiar with, um, would flip the deck and then they'd ask us after they've said, I wanna do, I wanna partner with you guys on this property. Then late in the conversation, it's like, now tell me why I should work with you. And I'm like, that's odd. They've already made up in their mind that we're going to work together. What about what we're doing is resonating? As you peel it back, there's really a common theme there of people who just believe in community and stakeholder capitalism and the whole ethos around doing well by doing good and that you will you will actually maximize shareholder value by maximizing stakeholder value yeah it makes a lot of sense um and it 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 seems that you know um at least since we've been doing this that there's this new group of developers that are willing to try something different to differentiate to create more loyalty over time in, in their communities and as you've talked about so um so beautifully like to contribute and deliver value back to their communities they see that as a as a win-win scenario and it's not unique to real estate by the way it's it's not unique to real estate if you think about venture capital right there were venture capitalists who viewed their customer as limited party partner investors and entrepreneurs were like their supply and um so they would like aggressively negotiate against entrepreneurs and try to maximize their take um at the earliest stage really approaching it like private equity um and then folks like Andreessen Horowitz came around in venture capital. And it was just shocking on multiple fronts because most VCs didn't have like a brand or um, didn't like have a podcast or it was frowned upon to bring PR into the fold. And Andreessen was like, no, it's all about our brand. And um, they were like, not only that, we're here for the entrepreneur, we're entrepreneur first. And they meant it. And then folks like Drive Capital who invested in us, who um, came out of Sequoia have the same kind of perspective. Like our customer is the entrepreneur, the founder. And by doing that, we're gonna attract the best founders in the world. And to attract them, you have to have more of a stakeholder capitalist mindset. And um, so you see that shift happening in venture capital. 
You see it happening in corporate America, the, the Business Roundtable, a consortium of the biggest companies in the world, about two years ago, put out a statement. The purpose of a corporation is not just shareholder maximization. It's stake, It's maximizing stakeholder value, which kind of sent ripples throughout the financial ecosystem, kind of controversial. But they're like, by maximizing value for stakeholders in the ecosystem, we are maximizing shareholder value in the long run. And so that mindset is happening in all these other sectors. It's now happening in real estate. This is where the market's going. Yeah. Well, it does. I don't think it's happening, you know, just by chance. I think that also developers are are taking somewhat of a risk in making their communities more permeable. Um, they're not just thinking of them as these sort of silo buildings that sit in a city or a suburb or something in between. They're also creating public spaces where people can, from all walks of life, you know, enjoy whatever they're developing or um, they're thinking about the ways through brand and art and other cultural elements where they bring the the outside of the community into the community um, so that people who both occupy it and don't occupy it have a sense of place around that space because that delivers value in all sorts of ways. Absolutely. So important. Yeah, for sure. Are you how are you thinking about like building the community of the supply side like as you find all of these interesting folks who are who are trying to do different stuff? Uh, so, I mean, it, real estate is inherently social and political. So, like, uh, if you think about what better place to have a social experience for investing, it is it is real estate. Uh, these are non-fungible, unique properties that matter to our lives. Um, and so REITs uh, don't actually get at the, it, to me, it seems like counter, it's, it's the wrong way approach. We need to have people in the community invested and to identify with that specific asset in the people who are placemaking. And so in our app, anybody downloading our app creates a profile. And whether you're an owner or now or a sponsor, they would be called in the industry or an investor, you have a profile and it's the same profile. If you become a sponsor, you just use more of the app and tools and engage with us, right? So kind of like LinkedIn, you could be a student on LinkedIn, um, uh, uh, employee, uh, business owner, you can recruit or be recruited. You just use more of the platform. Similarly, that's how we're creating our social experience is like everybody has a profile. We're, we're all on the same playing field together. Um, but then some people happen to sponsor deals and partner with us to raise, and you're able to follow property owners and developers as an investor, follow each other. Um, this week we released forums, so you'll be able to educate yourself and others on investment strategies and things like that, and then execute on those strategies to make an investment. And so if you follow a developer in your community who might own the building that you live in, you'll be able to invest in maybe that project and other projects that they're doing. And by voting with your dollars, you're creating an incentive uh, to drive value for it. And the result of that is is going to be um, a, a great impact on how real estate is developed in our communities. Calvin, I think that's a that's a that's a great transition into the next topic that we want to jump into, who which is the the other side of your marketplace, which is which is the consumer. So, what impacts thinking of the consumer do you think uh, these individuals will have on the experience of these these physical spaces that they're ultimately now stakeholders in? 
Yeah, great question. So many people are going to invest just for ROI, just to um, make money. And they're going to follow sponsors that are like, this is how you get paid in real estate. Well, you know, invest with me and you're going to have this same kind of outcome. And that's going to absolutely happen. Um, and some people are going to say, hey, we've got ROI and we've got some other impact like affordable housing or sustainable development, or it's just cool, aesthetically pleasing. And so we're going to help people like that identify their tribe, their audience, the people who are going to support their vision um, and invest with those projects. And it's like a, it's a, a mutually dependent kind of symbiotic relationship where um, investors by investing in these projects and following these sponsors are helping promote that vision for the world. Um, where we're at today, family offices and banks don't necessarily reward creative property owners for things like affordable housing or sustainable development or just cool artworks or places for the community. They care about NOI, net operating income. How do you drive that financial value? And so NOI isn't the only thing that has value though. Uh, many things that have value aren't easily uh, measured and can be put neatly into a spreadsheet. But us, the public, the people in the community, we know what that value is and now we can put dollars towards it. That's a game changer. People who are doing cool things don't have to just argue with their CFO to make it work to try to raise the money. They now have a financial incentive that's pushing this vision for the world forward. That's going to be a, a game changer for our communities. Yeah, that's huge. And, and, and to that point, what what does that ownership stake do to empower those consumers to influence that community's development? as a whole, whether that is a brand or the experience itself or fixtures, so on and so forth. I'm hoping that projects that wouldn't have gotten done otherwise are getting done because we exist. Um, and some of the lowest hanging fruit for that is there's this movement across the country, Yimbies, Yes in My Backyard, who have formed in, <laughs> in every major city, but now secondary markets too and tertiary markets where it's like people are like, I'm tired of all the BS and all this fighting. Um, and zoning and neighborhood commission meetings. This is dumb. Like we need more housing for more people at every price point, right? The housing crisis is a self-inflicted wound, especially in big cities. You got people paying thousands of dollars in rent to live in a studio that's like just, just run down. That's because people can't build new development for those, those higher income people to move into, freeing up inventory for other people who need more affordable housing to move into, it's just crazy. And so some people are like, this is crazy, we're forming. But the problem is NIMBYs, not in my backyard folks, they're the loudest people in the room. They're the ones always showing up to these meetings. Um, imagine what happens when people who live in this city are invested in the land and now they have a financial incentive and they're like, hold on, what's going on? Why is this being held up for some dumb reason? Like, you know? People are going to start showing up. More people who care about our cities are going to show up because they have a financial reason to. They're literally invested. And so now we can be literally invested financially, but also emotionally and politically invested to seeing our cities develop in the way that makes our cities better. Yeah. So that's very interesting, by the way. And, and so much of what we do over here at No Walls is we try to get in, involved before ground is ever broken, whether that's influencing brand, 
spatial decisions, programming decisions, um, how to communicate the brand, how to speak consumer to consumer, developer to developer. I'm curious, and, and I know I've, I've kind of phrased this a couple ways. I am curious how much of an influence these stakeholders, these individuals investing in these properties will have on that pre-development phase of a project. Because so much of what they're giving their dollars to would ultimately influence the long-term outcome, whether it's a short-term hold or long-term hold of the property. What what influence do they have on those decisions apart from them just being a financial contributor? I think the, the opportunities are infinite. Like um, early on, folks are just going to invest in the things that inspire them or follow the projects. And that's a piece of data for developers to take in. But some who are even more creative are going to think of it more like a uh, a co-op where people are having even a bigger say. And so that's where we'll evolve. And some people may um, take that route, but at the very least, everybody will be able to see the impact of brand and thinking about the, the community right now. I'm sure you guys have this conversation all the time where maybe the owner is starting to get brand, but the rest of their team is like, what's mm-hmm. the value of brand? Why should I have a brand as a developer or a Nailed property it. owner? Yeah, we've like, had, why, we've, we've why had a few of those. Yeah. Right. They're like, what, <laughs> More than a few. what is the ROI on brand at all? Who cares? Why not just be in some like cigar room and own the properties and, you know, not even care about the impact to brand and the conversation you have with the community or relationship that's longer term. That is not even going to be a question in a few years. People with brand are going to outraise. They're going to kick the hell out of the people who don't have brand. I guarantee it on all fronts. They're going to attract more capital. They're going to attract more renters who have lower turnover. And it's going to be so measurable on all fronts. But up front, on the earliest step, because like, the, the, the impact on NOI from turnover, um, as you know, takes years to measure. It's going to be instant feedback for folks on the front end who are just raising way more capital from the community and getting the community to support their projects up front. It's going to be a game changer. I can't wait. Us too. Standing ovation. Yeah. <laughs> I'm doing, I'm doing my standing. Oh, that you, you struck a chord. I'm That's amazing. Celebration. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to help That's you good. guys. You know, we did our job. If in a few years, people are calling you like pitching you on the value of brand, right? Yeah, hell yeah, for sure. I mean, let's let, let's jump into that, right? So, one thing Jake and I like to do we like we like to hop in the car, and look look ten years down the road. For Rove, what does that look like? At the very least, it's not even going to be a novel idea that um, one property owners care about brand, um, and that there's there's value to it, um, and two for consumers. It's not going to be a novel idea that anybody in the community can take a dollar and own a piece of it. That's just going to be so obvious table stakes. Like, why would that not exist in our cities? Obviously, if I'm shopping here or living here, I can invest in this neighborhood and own a piece of it. That's where we'll be in 10 years. It'll be so obvious that it's not even novel. Um, And And what what about real estate? And real estate is about to be, um, I think, there's going to be a heyday, a golden era of real estate if that happens, because we will be more invested. NIMBYs will be like um, a thing of the past. I guess this is still going to be a movement, but there's going to be way more YIMBYs who are helping move forward the development of our cities. And we're going to be developing in new ways with new materials that really brings down the cost of construction. So there's cost of capital, which we're helping impact. 
But then there's some other tech companies that are impacting um, the cost of construction. Um, and that's going to help bring down housing prices. So excited about that. But then Rove, you know, that, that's the obvious stuff for Rove. But the, the not so obvious stuff, the things that are like, you know, literal moonshots. It's like if I could have breakfast with anybody, it'd be like it'd be Elon Musk, because obviously when SpaceX is building um, like construction sites on the moon, it's we're going to record ownership on a blockchain. And why shouldn't everybody on Earth be able to uh, invest and participate in real estate development in space? And so Rove will be the platform that um, people use to invest in the next frontier. And that's going to be really fun 10 years from now, this decade. That's amazing. Yeah, that's awesome. uh, Calvin, you are an absolute breath of fresh air. It's it's incredible to to speak to individuals who are, are very like-minded and doing things in our, in our space that um, will ultimately change the future of real estate. Um, so it's, it's very special. And I think we're both humbled to be in the same virtual room here chatting with you. Where, uh, where can people learn more about Rove and, and find you guys? Rove.com. So R-H-O-V-E.com and download our app. And I appreciate it, Jake and Andrew. This has been fun. I, I love and am inspired by your work. I think it's so important that we make real estate more of a, a a place that people can connect to. And that starts with the people and the companies and the people who are creating these spaces. And so I appreciate your work. Thank you. Likewise. Well, well, thanks for, uh, thanks for joining us. I know contest Calvin. And, uh, if we find ourselves in Columbus, we will definitely hit you up. When I look forward to it. (laughs) Sounds good. Thanks Calvin. All right. Thanks again for listening to the no contest podcast. For more information, make sure to follow us on social media or check us out at nowalls.studio.